All right, what's brunch audience? I have a special offer for you, and it comes from your friends at the L.A. Grizzlies, the official football team of the L.A. Sheriff's Department. It is an opportunity drawing, a you-pick-it ticket. You pick the game you want to go to, any regular season game anywhere in the continental U.S. for any pro, college, team, or sporting event. You win the prize, you get to pick it. Want to go to Yankees, Red Sox? Want to see the Packers at Lambeau Field? Ever want to go to the Iron Bowl or the world's largest outdoor cocktail party? Heck, the Bruins play LSU in a year or two. Pick that game. You can hang out with what's run. If you win the drawing, you get two tickets for any regular season sporting event in the continental United States, plus airfare for two, plus three nights at a local hotel for you to enjoy your experience of going to that game. And all you got to do is buy your ticket at lagrizzlies.org. There's a link right there on the homepage. So support your Grizzlies this season as we head into the 2023 spring football season for the National Public Safety Football League and get yourself a sweet, awesome sports experience. Tickets are just 20 bucks a piece, and you can buy them at lagrizzlies.org. Thank you very much, and go Bruins and go Grizzlies. This is Maurice Jones-Drew, and you're listening to the What's Bruins Show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for West Coast Bias. The show brought to you all the way from the best coast. It's the West Coast Bias, that is. Aw, yeah. And welcome to another episode of West Coast Bias. Sorry, today is a solo show. I couldn't get together with Jake this week, but uh, next week we'll be back for a full show. And of course, you can listen to West Coast Bias on the What's Brewing Network, and you can listen to all of our other great shows as well. Here on West Coast Bias, we talk about all things L.A. sports, i.e. the Lakers, the Dodgers, and Jake's favorite sport, soccer. Uh, don't edit that out, Jake, because you know it's true. Uh, let's start with news and notes this week. The Dodgers made a trade acquiring Miguel Rojas from the Miami Marlins. Rojas, an infielder, started with the Dodgers in 2014, um, and in that offseason was traded in, in a huge trade that uh, netted the Dodgers' Austin Barnes Andrew Heaney, which the Dodgers then traded him for uh, Howie Kendrick, and uh, Kike Hernandez, the first big move of the Andrew Friedman era um, in late 2014. Uh, Rojas primarily has been a shortstop and will likely plug into that spot for the Dodgers, um, perhaps already ending the Gavin Lux uh, shortstop era before it even began. Uh, Rojas is looked as a um, uh, as a replacement for Hanser Alberto, a, 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 a uh, infielder who can play multiple positions but will most likely be plugged into that shortstop role. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of power. Um, his bat was not quite there last year, only hit 239, I believe. But um, he can be an asset for the Dodgers defensively, especially up the middle, which is something, in my opinion, they haven't really had over the years with uh, Seeger and Trey Turner. Serviceable shortstops, but certainly not on the same level as um, Miguel Rojas, who is... Uh, always considered uh, a gold glove contender when he's healthy. Um, and hopefully this move will uh, shore up the Dodgers' defense um, as they try to fig- navigate the, the f- this next season. Um, in other news, Anthony Davis has started doing light basketball workouts on the court and has been pain-free after these sessions so far. Lakers expect him back in the lineup in February. Um, I believe Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker should... Uh, 
have been working out um, as they are recovering from uh, lower limb injuries as well. Uh, your weekly soccer news, um, this is just for Jake. Team USA uh, on the men's side will be in Southern California next week uh, playing at Bank of California Stadium on Wednesday the 25th against Serbia and Saturday the 28th against Columbia down in Carson at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park where the LA Galaxy play. These are the team. <clears throat> these are Team USA's first games since the World Cup uh, this past November. Um, team friendlies. <clears throat> they are, uh, of course, have not made a decision on their head coach. Um, but uh, these are kind of uh, workouts for the players um, as they start to get into the new cycle um, for um, senior level men's uh, international soccer. Okay. Now on to the big topics. The San Diego Chargers, yes, I said San Diego, because they're no, they can no longer be the LA Chargers after that terrible debacle on Saturday night. I've revoked their privileges. I don't care if they're still paying rent at SoFi uh, Stadium. They're out. They can go back to San Diego. Uh, the Chargers blew a 27-7 halftime lead. Third worst uh, loss, I guess you can consider it. Best comeback, worst loss in playoff history. Um, and they ended up losing 31-30 in Jacksonville to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chargers set a record, becoming the first team to lose a postseason game after collecting five turnovers. They intercepted um, Jags quarterback Trevor Lawrence four times in the first half, and I believe they also recovered a fumble. And um, despite all that, they lost. It was a total team debacle. The offense scored just three points in the second half. The defense gave up 23 points and could not make a stop in any of the Jaguars' second-half uh, possessions. Um, it was pretty terrible. There was a late kick um, from Dicker, the kicker, um, that he missed, would have given the Chargers a five-point lead. Instead, uh, they remained only up by uh, um, by three, oh, sorry, by two, um, and the, the, the thing about it, and of course everybody knows about the cursed um, uh, Chargers kicker history, but Dicker had not missed a field goal um, in like 22 tries, something like that, um, over the end of this season. And of course he misses one that would have put him up um, uh, where it would have made the score a two-score game um, and eventually did become a two-score game. Um, but the margin would have been different. They would have, uh, the Chargers, sorry, the Jaguars would have had to have scored a touchdown at the end instead of just a field goal to take the lead and win the game. Um, just terrible. Uh, I, it just terrible. They couldn't rush the ball. Um, despite having two touchdowns um, <clears throat> on the ground, uh, uh, Eckler only was like 20, 23 uh, rushing attempts. Only had like 62 yards. It was like 3.9 yards per gain um uh, justin herbert wasn't terrible but he's kind of pedestrian only 273 yards in the air only one touchdown toss uh there were times in the first half especially when they're getting the the reason they were up so big in the beginning was because the chargers kept getting the ball as i mentioned um uh, trevor lawrence threw four interceptions um and so the chargers had great f uh field position um most of the first half, but they weren't capitalizing. They could have easily been up by more, uh, unable to get touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, so th even though their margin was high and you would have thought they would have continued to 
uh, win uh, in the second half. Duh, they didn't intercept Lawrence, so they went away their field position, and when they actually had to drive, they just weren't able to, <clears throat> like I said, only getting one field goal from Dicker, a 50-yarder, and then uh, he missed another one. Um, I think it was just closer. I think it was only 40 yards, um, but he missed it. And, of course, the Jags had all the momentum. The defense couldn't stop the Jags at all. They scored on all four of their second-half possessions uh, to win. Um, Chargers fans probably did have a beef against some of the refereeing there at the end. Um, There was one uh, play where the Jags were, I believe, on third down and were able to get a first down. And it was pretty plainly obvious that uh, somebody uh, that uh, the Jags were holding on the play um, when Lawrence went out of the pocket. Um, it wasn't called. Joey Bosa got uh, a 15-yard uh, penalty called against him, I believe, for taking off his helmet, um, which pushed the ball even further for the Jags. And then he actually threw his helmet and didn't get called for that afterwards, which is, you know, just it was just a mess, a mess all around for the Chargers. Um, continues to show. Um, just what a cursed franchise they are in terms of the, you know, kickers can't make uh, field goals when they need them. The offense struggles, just falls apart. Doesn't matter who's their coach. Um, don't, doesn't matter if they have great players like Ladanian Tomlinson, Phillip Rivers. Um, this really should have been, I mean, you get five turnovers, you you should win the game. Regular season, postseason, doesn't matter if you're at home or on the road. They had all the momentum. Um, I didn't think they were going to win their next game. Because uh, winner faces, uh, uh, well, now I'm blanking. Oh, Kansas, Kansas City. Sorry, the winner would have faced Kansas City in the next game. Um, the Chargers are being in Kansas City in Kansas City, um, but it doesn't matter. It's the Jags who get to play them. Um, and uh, with all that being said, the obvious shortcomings of the offense. Um, basically fell at the feet of their offense coordinator, Joe Lombardi, and their QB coach, Shane Day, who were both fired on Monday. The You look at the statistics, the Chargers uh, during 2022 were in the bottom half in rushing red zone offense and second half scoring. They were in negative 48 in second half scoring. Part of that's on the defense, but of course, part of that can be put on the offense as well. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it looks like the the coordinators got the the shaft in this one. I still think um, Brandon Staley probably deserves a lot of this. The um, As a head coach, you know, the undisciplined um, playing of Bosa there with the 15-yard penalties, the not being able to get the team uh, going despite such a strong uh, first half, um, you know, some of the decisions. Uh, Staley calls the defense because that's what he is. He's a former defense coordinator. Um, but he probably should have had, um, uh, uh, excuse me, um, Lombardi calling a, 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 when the things were getting tougher for them in the second half, I think he should have probably gone for a less conservative approach, especially on trying to get that field goal from Dicker. Yes, he hadn't missed, but still, you know, maybe run the ball, at least take some time off the clock um, because the Jags uh, weren't being stopped by Staley's defense, which he's calling. Um, and so that's how you ended up with the loss. But in the NFL, um, these incremental changes are made, so it fell on the the two coordinators, and uh, it looks like they'll be having to look for somebody else um, in this next coming season, and who knows where the Chargers go from here. Um, they certainly need to stay healthier. Um, that O-line 
um, <clears throat> almost got Herbert killed at the beginning of the season. He played a lot of games with broken ribs. So um, that's one place where they need to improve. And, uh, yeah, uh, see if they can't do better on defense in terms of keeping some guys healthy. Um, but, yeah, that's the end of the Charger season. So you won't hear from them uh, on West Coast Bias anymore. Okay, moving on to the Lakers. Uh, Monday night they snapped a three-game losing streak. Uh, that The three-game losing streak, they lost to Denver on the road where they were depleted, and then they lost in double overtime to the Mavs, and then they lost late to the 76ers. Um, <clears throat> LeBron James uh, joined Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the only NBA player to score 38,000 points on Monday uh, in the win against the Houston Rockets. The Lakers needed all of LeBron's 48 points to beat the 10-win Rockets, 140-132. to 132. Um, And with the close losses to good teams, uh, you know, the Mavs, the, the Celtics, uh, on, their own, on the Lakers' home floor, um, the 76ers, um, I think it was on Saturday, they lost by one point. Uh, Russell Westbrook contends that he was fouled on the last play. The NBA said that he wasn't. Um, and they lost 113-112 when he couldn't get his uh, layup to go. Um, that was the second time that they'd lost to the 76ers. Of course, they had lost to them on the road in overtime. Um, you know, just like they lost to the Celtics at home in overtime and the Mavs in overtime. One in three in overtime so far this season, the Lakers are. Um, so you got these close losses, struggling late in games. Um, the, it just goes to show you that the Lakers have to get some move going in terms of their personnel. They have to give LeBron more help. I mean, the Rockets are a 10, 10-win team. They're not going anywhere. Um, they're young. Uh, their best player is Eric Gordon. He he was torching the Lakers, um, especially able to get inside. Nothing that uh, Thomas Bryant, as, as fun it is to watch him play on offense and getting those rebounds, he was not able to do anything to keep Eric Gordon out of the, out of the paint. Um, and it's just a struggle all around. And it just goes to show you that the Lakers, despite having a fun roster to watch, I mean, these games aren't depressing in the sense that, uh, you always feel like they're competitive against the Mavs. They had to make this huge comeback and probably should have won at the end, but of course didn't. Um, despite all this, um, the, the Lakers have to make a move, um, because, they're a playing team right now. They can be so much better um, before the Mavs game. Even after that loss to the Denver Nuggets, they were only two games out of the sixth spot. Um, or no, it was actually one game out of the sixth spot. Um, the two losses dropped them back down a little bit. I, you know, this last win helped them because the Clippers lost last night, Tuesday night. So um, the, the, they're close. They're close to that sixth spot. A couple moves, just um, something different in the roster, I think, could shore, shore up the rest of their season, especially when you consider that Anthony Davis, um, Lonnie Walker, and Austin Reeves have been out, and they're expected to be back in February. Um, the way their roster's constructed right now, it's not enough to get them to the sixth seed and hold on to it. I mean, they might get there, but I don't think they would hold on to it, um, and therefore making their postseason path more difficult having play a playing game more than likely having to start off on the road. So I think if they make some moves, whatever it could be, I mean, this morning there was the rumors that they could be in on Cam Reddish of the, of the Knicks. Um, they have seven second round picks, uh, um, over the next few years. 
So if they wanted to use that instead of their first round picks of 27, uh, 2027 and 2029, they could do that. So there, there's things that they can do, I think, to make this uh, to improve this roster, but it's it might be it, it depends on the on what the front office wants to do and what Rob Palinka is thinking and to some extent what Genie Bus is willing to listen to after the debacle of you know the debacles in terms of their player personnel since. Um, their championship win in uh, 2020. Um, so going into this quick segment that I want to, you know, speaking of ownership, um, I wanted to call this grade the owner. And this is a f- sophisticated, thorough ranking. I use my Berkeley um, stats 101 hat uh, of the team owners in Southern California. And it's based on what I've always been seeing uh, on what I've been seeing on the always rational Twitter. Um, all of this is all in sarcasm, if you haven't caught that. Um, we'll go really simple, like elementary school. Outstanding, satisfactory, and needs improvement. So no harsh Fs here. Um, everybody's still getting participation trophies um, and uh, and stickers on their homework. But um, we'll start with the outstanding group. I'm going to lump three teams in here. And I did, I, I thought about just doing, you know, L.A., sports scene when it comes to professionals so huge um you have so many teams in the big four baseball hockey um basketball and uh and football um that i did include the niche sport which is mls because there's been some rumblings for one team and of course there's the success of another team here in southern california they play professional soccer at the senior level so the outstanding group la football club or lafc um the dodgers and the rams just really quickly, LAFC, that's pretty obvious. They've, they've been a team in existence for five years. They've only missed the postseason once. Um, they've built this great stadium on what, on what was the footprint of LA Sports Arena, which was an eyesore towards the end, despite what Bruce Springsteen thinks. Um, they've created an atmosphere um, for soccer lovers. Um, their their stadium is going to host the national team this coming week. Can't ask for anything better in terms of exposure. They just won their first MLS Cup in what is considered the most thrilling MLS Cup game in history. Um, they've brought stars here um, like Gareth Bale. Carlos Vela has been their captain since uh, since the existence of the team. So it brings a, a strong uh, Mexican and Mexican-American fandom to the team because he is a Mexican national, played for the Mex- national team at the World Cup level. There's so many things you can pray, uh, heap praise on this team for what they've done in terms of expansion and the footprint they've already put here in L.A. Um, obviously, they get the outstanding um, star right now. The Dodgers, I mean, what what can be said? This is basically... Whatever, whatever you want to consider it, the platinum era, the second golden era, this is the 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 one of the greatest runs of all time for the Dodgers, especially since their move to L.A. Um, since they were bought by the Guggenheim Group, they've been to the postseason every year except for one, um, all the way from 2013 to this last. Uh, season. They've set records for wins in a regular season. They've won three pennants, uh, countless postseason memories. They finally won a World Series in a year that was very difficult for many, that COVID year. They've developed great players. They've 
brought in um, other guys that have ter- uh, become superstars with the team, such as Justin Turner. Um, they've gone and traded for for great players like Mookie Betts and um, and gotten Freddie Freeman to come as a free agent. And of course, the the run is epitomized by the highs and lows of Clayton Kershaw, um, perhaps the uh, one of the greatest pitchers of all time as a left-hander, certainly um, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, and, you know, the greatest pitcher of his generation. All of that in the last, you know, 10 years of the Guggenheim ownership. Um, and then the renovations to the stadium, just making it um, a different look to it, um, all the changes that they've made, not without some controversies, not without some hiccups, and certainly some heartbreak with the playoff um, losses, but you, nobody can say that the the Dodger ownership group has not been outstanding. And even this year, when people are lamenting the fact that they've mostly remained out of the big free agent moves, um, they're still a contender to go to the tournament, um, just based on the fact of all the talent and all the development that they've done um, over the year. So, obviously, an outstanding for them. And then there's the Rams. The Rams, yes, they had the worst season for a Super Bowl champion this year. Some of it had to do with injuries. Maybe some of it had to do with age. Um, but it really hasn't mattered. Since they, since, in my opinion, since they have since they moved here back in, what was it, 2016, uh, or since they made the announcement to move here back in 2016, they've, um, they've built one of the best stadiums in, in football um, that's going to host... Uh, World Cup games for soccer, and then um, be part of the the Olympic hosting in 2020, uh, 2028. Um, here for Los Angeles, uh, the Rams have been a, a postseason contender since they've gotten here. Um, one horrible season. Actually, th- their successes have been sandwiched by two horrible seasons, but um, you know, they brought in Sean McVay after that first terrible season and, uh, have been flying ever since up until this year, uh, making the postseason all, all but one time before this year, um, winning three division titles, winning two conference titles, going to the Super Bowl twice. And of course the, you know, they started this year. Um, nobody can ask for anything better than to host the Super Bowl and win it at home uh, the way they did it was pretty much been the crowning achievement since their move um you know in front of their fans sofi stadium to win the super bowl obviously the ownership group has done everything they could and you know going out there and getting these talented players trading for matthew stafford um getting jalen ramsey um last year making the move to bring in uh odell beckham jr which was um huge part of their super bowl run uh developing guys like uh cooper cup um, who turned into an all-world uh, wide receiver last year, and then, of course, cultivating the Hall of Fame career of Aaron Donald, who has been one of the best defensive players ever to step foot um, in the NFL. And they've had all those. And, uh, yeah, it's still a bit niche when it comes to fandom. Yes, you can go to a Rams 49ers game at SoFi Stadium and and uh, be drowned out by the 49ers during a game, um, and they've yet to beat them <laughs> in the regular season. But um, they beat them when it mattered most back in last year's NFC Championship game, um, which they won also at home in front of their fans. And, you know, that's you couldn't ask for a better um, run for them since they've moved here. So that's the outstanding group. The satisfactory group, uh, my LA Kings, uh, They've their ownership, uh, you know, um, has 
it's one of the oldest older ownership groups in uh, hockey and in uh, and NLA. I think the AEG has been had them as owners since back in uh, 1999. Uh, they built Staple Center, LA Live. Um, in terms of the Kings, they they were the, their last decade was better than the current one, where they were. Uh, they started off as playoff contenders and cup contenders, and then when they did win two Stanley Cups back in the 2010s, um, and were, you know, one of the top uh, teams up until about 2016, um, before having to uh, recharge and change um, personnel and, and contend again. And they've done that. They've done a good job of of getting young players through the draft and some trades and. Um, uh, going from being one of the worst teams to um, once again being a good playoff team, made the playoffs for the first time last year. Again, I think it was the first time in three three years. No, sorry, four years. Um, but uh, and this year they've looked like playoff contenders throughout. A little bit more consistent. They get a satisfactory because you know the they've done a good job of rebuilding. Now, can they take it to the next level? Um, it, 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 it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, they can't get into the outstanding um, part again until uh until they're back to being contenders for Stanley Cups and winning on a consistent level um and I think they'll get there. Uh, there's the Clippers. Uh we're not a Clipper show. Um Jake and I could care less most of the time you don't even hear news from us, but I will acknowledge the fact that hey, they've um they've read rid themselves of the stench of Donald Stor- Sterling and um with uh uh, Mr. Microsoft um, Bomber, Steve Bomber, their owner, they've sort of turned things around. Hasn't always worked out. Obviously, the biggest moves were um, getting Paul George uh, and uh, Kawhi Leonard um, back in uh, 2019 offseason, 20, uh, um, and remaking themselves and looking like a serious NBA championship contender. Of course, um, Kawhi Leonard was coming off... Um, winning uh, NBA Finals MVP. Um, but it hasn't worked out because of injuries and, of course, the the infamous bubble um, blowing of the uh, uh, the ga- uh, the series against the Nuggets, and, and they really haven't been able to get those two healthy at the same time. They did finally make a run to the Western Conference Finals back in 2021. Um, but, um, you know, they, they're still dealing with injuries. They, they're poised to move into their own stadium for the... First time since moving to Staples back in 1999, um, but it'll be their own stadium because as before they were, when they moved first moved here from San Diego, they moved into the sports arena, which they didn't build. They just moved in and really never got any sort of atmosphere going there. So they'll have their own spot. Um, they gave up a lot for Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard. Excuse me, for uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, uh, so it remains to be seen if they don't win a title this year, I think you can pretty much call it a failure in terms of on-court success. Um, certainly it's gotten them eyeballs, maybe some fandom, but um, you can't fault ownership on that. They've tried their best to make uh, make it work and for them to be contenders. Uh, it remains to be seen if they'll ever get there, but I'm willing to give them kudos for what they've done in order to improve the Clippers and certainly uh, rid them of the the terribleness of their previous owner. Okay, so needs improvement. Um, here's where 
um, you're going to get a lot of traffic in terms of uh, <laughs> social media on this team, these teams needing to improve, get better. And a lot of that uh, blame goes towards ownership most of the time. Um, we'll start with the big ones, the Lakers. Um, how can the Lakers uh, be in need of better ownership? Well, it's pretty obvious. Yes, they won in 2020. Um, they've brought LeBron and Anthony Davis together to win a championship in a terrible year for the franchise with the death of Kobe Bryant. And of course, um, a terrible year for a lot of us when it came to COVID and, and sort of the uh, suspension of the season and the restart in the uh, bubble. And somehow they weathered that to uh, win their 17th franchise title um, and the 11th, but the first under the leadership of Jeannie Buss. But other than that, it's been um, mediocre to terrible. You know, in the LeBron era, um, they've only made the playoffs twice. That was the bubble title. That's, that's 2021. Um, they missed the playoffs last season. They missed the playoffs in his first season. Injuries have always been an issue when it comes to LeBron or Anthony Davis um, in these uh, in why the results haven't been quite the same, quite what we expected here in Los Angeles. Um, before that, it was just one problem after the other when it came to ownership. There was... Jeannie Buss having to oust her own brother from front office and then be sued by her brothers when it came to um, the, making the Lakers decisions. All of this has happened since the death of the great uh, Jerry Buss. And despite those being huge shoes to, to fill, it's been pretty obvious that ownership has struggled. And um, and part of it is it's not the, the NBA anymore where you can be a, fa a family-run team and, and – uh, and be able to outspend teams and uh, um, certainly outmaneuver teams based on um, based on the uh, the brand. Um, and it feels like the team is still run like that. There needs to be more basketball people involved. And all year you've just heard, um, especially with the changes not being made to the team and the terrible start this year where they were two two and ten, that the uh, the team needs to be sold or. Um, Better basketball people have to be brought in, and that's always laid at the foot of ownership. The Angels had their best run back in the early 2000s, finally winning a World Series. This ownership group was not part of that. They actually bought the team the next year from the Disney Corporation and then had what you would consider their best years on the baseball field. I think they won like four or five division titles in the um, early um, Artie Moreno run. Um, it looks like he's trying to sell the team. They haven't been to the postseason since 2014, basically squandering the prime of Mike Trout. Most people have not seen him play in October. He's only played in one October. That was all the way back in 2014. They went and got Shohei Otani um, and have been had tons of eyeballs on them because of that, but it hasn't led to success on the field. A lot of people have blamed Moreno, who's willing to splash the cash, but hasn't done it um, in an intelligent way, and certainly they haven't been able to um, develop good players when it comes in comparison to, you know, the other team in L.A., the Dodgers, who have sort of been this huge shadow um, that blocks out the Angels most of the time. So you can see why most people are happy that um, Artie Moreno has considered selling the team. I don't know what kind of traction they have on that right now. There hasn't been a lot of news on somebody stepping up to buy them. Actually, no, that's not true because I did see that um, part uh, owner of the um, of uh, Peter Gruber, who's part owner of LAFC, 
and part owner of uh of the warriors um it looks like he he's interested in uh or i might be getting that wrong one of the warriors oh sorry duh not peter gruber because he's part owner of the dodgers so that's not possible joe lacob who is the principal owner of the warriors and the face of that team might be interested in getting in on the bas on the baseball um part of ownership um and looking to form a group to buy the angels that's one of the rumors but um we don't know so if you're an owner of a team and everyone's happy that you're selling then um you certainly don't belong in the satisfactory outstanding range and that's where the angels are the la galaxy uh la's first uh um, prime um soccer team when it comes to professional uh, mls soccer um an inaugural team of the league um five MLS Cups, a record. Um, they've won tons of trophy, but it's been a long time, much like the Angels um, and and uh, uh, the Kings, um, also owned by AEG. Um, but you wouldn't really know that sometimes um, because they kind of separate themselves from the hockey and the MLS stuff. But um, why did I put them in this category? Well, they haven't won since 2014. They've been ousted two out of the last three seasons, 2019, 2022. Yes, two out of the last three seasons. Sorry, two, two out of the last four seasons um, in the MLS Cup playoffs by their rival, the uh, LAFC. Um, they sort of have been outshone by them, especially with the <clears throat> the Showcase MLS Cup championship. Um, the LAFC just won. All that being said is that this team has, despite being one of the best teams in MLS Cup history, has not been there recently and it's the cracks are starting to show this uh past winter their president chris klein was suspended by mls for some um financial tampering um from a previous move uh, back in 2020 um and then despite this uh the ownership group renewed his contract um despite the fact that he's suspended for the season and that just threw everybody into a tizzy um, when it came to LA Galaxy supporters. So their official supporter groups have declared themselves null and void and are saying that they are refusing to go to games until he's out. It's one of those messy, sticky situations when it comes to soccer soccer teams. There are official team-sponsored groups um, that do a lot for the teams um, in terms of exposure, charity, those kind of things. And um, all the groups that are affiliated with LA Galaxy don't want to show up for their games, um, which can be a big thing because because MLS is a niche sport. If you have uh, groups of 4,000, 5,000, depending on how big the groups are, um, not wanting to show up to your home games, it's going to look pretty ugly. And because they do get TV money, they've just gotten a ton of TV money from Apple TV, MLS is a league, but... Um, I can tell you, having covered MLS, that tickets and um, people through the door are what um, help out in terms of revenue a lot more than the bigger leagues. Um, so it could be a very difficult season for the LA Galaxy um, this coming season if they don't have fans in the stands, and it's certainly if they're not winning. Uh, the Chargers, it's pretty easy um, to know why they, they're in the needs to improve section. Um, they haven't won a postseason game since I think uh, George W. Bush was in charge, or might have been early Obama. Um, they certainly haven't won. They, backtrack on that. They actually did win 
a postseason game. Um, their first time going to the postseason, I think in their first season even here in L.A., um, but that's their only one going back to like 2020, uh, 20, uh, sorry, 2008, I believe. Um, they finally made a postseason in the Justin Herbert era, his third season, and then there was the whole debacle. So what does it have to do with ownership? Well, it's the Spanos. Um, the only reason they're in L.A. is because they couldn't come together with the city and the counties uh, down in San Diego to build a football stadium. Um, so they are basically renters here in L.A., they're not popular as a as a group because why would they? There were no L.A. Charger fans um, when they came up. Um, so it, it's there's so many. You could do a whole podcast on on um, on why the Chargers need improvement um, when it comes to ownership. I think one of the Spanos siblings is suing the, the, their other siblings, um, kind of like the Lakers situation. Um, because of financial mismanagement, things like that. So it's a whole mess. If they had different type of ownership, I think it would be a different type of team that you would see out there. Um, And maybe they would finally start to make a foothold here in L.A., but they really need to move back to San Diego. And for that, they need different ownership. Move back to San Diego, get an owner who can build their own stadium just like they did, just like um, uh, Stan Kroenke did here for the Rams in L.A., and I think it would be a much better situation for the team overall. Um, and then lastly, the Ducks. Uh, we don't really cover the Ducks a lot here. They're they're fine. Um, they're in the rebuild mode right now after, again, another team who had past glory a decade ago. Um, they have one of the um, more popular and, and uh, uh, wonderful NHL play- young NHL players in Trevor Zegras um, playing. Um, he's just a dynamo on the ice, but that's about it that's going for them. Um, the Samuelis, uh, are the ownership group, uh, Henry and his wife. Um, they seem to be decent owners. Um, they're just in a, in a sort of a funk at the moment, trying to get back to contending, uh, remains to be seen if they will. And they've had a lot of changes. And of course, um, there was these whole stories of terrible, um, uh, GM president, um, sort of being awful to people in the front office on a behavioral level and um, and having to be ousted and and credit to Sam Wellies for doing that right away when they when they heard the news um, to trying to build a better front office um, team atmosphere that kind of situation but still they're in a holding pattern um, they're not contending at the moment and it could be a while before they do become contenders again and um, and so they also need improvement so that's enough from me i've spoken enough um, on my own we'll be back next week um with a full show jake and i of course he's the west coast and i am the bias in all this and uh, listen this week to the what's Bruins show of course the guys are talking about uh, ucla basketball both the men and women are, are currently on a great run and they are ranked in the top 10 uh both of them as they uh, march towards uh March Madness. Um, I know it's what middle of January. The year's already going by fast. Um, there's the doldrums of February, and then it's March Madness, and both teams will likely be in the their respective tournaments, national tournaments. Um, the men are trying to win a Pac-12 title for the first time in the McCronin era. The women are under Carrie Close, friend of the podcast, are of course trying to uh, break through at the NCAA level. Um, and perhaps um, get to a final four. So that's enough for me. 
uh, as we always say here on West Coast Biased, we're the West Coast. We're the best coast. We're West Coast Biased. West Coast Biased. Dude, prop. We place a ball on the West Coast.